Spirit is the author of God's word, the Bible. He is the author of the Bible. So when you are praying to God's word, the Holy Spirit is activated. The Holy Spirit is involved. What happened was Mary as a young Jewish girl going about doing a household course, very involved in her own little world, own little society, maybe in her own Jewish synagogue, Many of you are involved in church here. The angel came to her. And you know what? The angel knew her name. The angel said, Hail Mary. The angel called her by name. Daniel chapter 10 verses 12. The angel knew the name of Daniel. So the angels know your name. Because God has called you by name. And the angels have been assigned to you, they have been given your name to watch over you, to guard you, to guide you, to minister to you in all your ways. When Jesus was in the desert, the angels ministered to him. Right? So the angels are on assignment. As I just mentioned in Daniel chapter 10 verses 12, the angel came and said, fear not Daniel, calling Daniel by name. So he knows your name. The angels know your name. Angels are on assignment to you. The moment you pray, your prayer is answered. This is one wireless connection that is always within range. Never goes out of range. There is always power. Never loses its power. There is always a good strong signal. Because this message goes from you to God. And God instructs the angels to come and deliver your prayer, your blessing, your message. So here we find that the angels are pretty busy. They are always on assignment. <clears throat> but many times we render our angels jobless. We are happy doing things on our own. You know, we are happy in our own little world, going about here, going about that, doing things on our own. And our angels are rendered jobless. They have no assignment. But God has assigned angels to each one of us. Psalm 91 says that he has given his angels <coughs> charge over us. Right? To guard us. That even our foot will not trip against a stone. We will not hurt ourselves. So God's angels are here. And God's angels want to hear from you. They want to hear from you 
through God's word. Now the angels are also very conversant with God because they were in existence even before you and me. So the angels are smart. They know what is your word, what is God's word. So suppose Jerome is saying, God, your word says that I will marry Shalini. <coughs> Who Shalini? I don't know, the word name just came to me. I will marry Shalini. <coughs> so angels go and bring me Shalini. And he can sing Shalini, Shalini. And you know, I'm thinking, oh, angels, you're an assignment to me. So Brother Marty said that whenever I call on you to deliver my life partner, the Shalini will come. And I want to take Shalini to Garuda Mall. So come on, angels, you have to minister to me, you have to guard me, you have to guide me. So the angels know God's voice. The angels know God's word. Right? They know your word and they know God's word. So listen to this. Daniel chapter 10 verses 12. The words that Daniel prayed were from God's word. And so the angel comes back and says, I have come because of your words. Your words have been heard and I have come because of your words. You have humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. So it's imperative for us to understand this, that when we are praying through our own words, our words could fall on rocky ground. But when we are praying through God's word, our words could fall on fertile soil. And the Shalini or the Malini might not come, but God will have something bigger and better in store for you. Because he knows you, because he is the author, he is the finisher of our faith. Amen? Amen? Jesus is the Alpha, the beginning, and the Omega, the end of our faith. Psalm 139 says that each and every page in our life has already been scripted, has already been written. And so we just got to fall into that purpose. So Mary was going about doing her own work and the angel comes and pronounces her name and says, Mary, God has sent me on an assignment and he is now giving you a new purpose. Your purpose is changed from ordinary to extraordinary, from natural to supernatural. Mary, this is your mission. This is your purpose in life. And for this young Jewish girl, it was baffling. It was overwhelming. Because her mission and assignment was not ordinary. It was, you are going to bring up God in this world. Wow. You are going to raise up God in this world. You are going to conceive God. It was a mind-boggling word that God had given through angel Gabriel who introduced himself and calling on Mary saying, this is your new purpose in life. Mary's whole world turned around. She was troubled. She was a bit wondering as to, not a bit, I mean, like she must have been amazed at this message. What's happening? How could this be me? Going about doing all my stuff, doing my work. But you know, Mary knew the scriptures. Mary studied the scriptures because in Jewish tradition, it was mandated and mandatory for all the Jewish children to be brought up in the Torah, in the 
books or the five books that begin the Bible. Which are the five books that begin the Bible? Genesis, Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Right? So these are the books that Mary was conversing with, she was studying. And the Jews knew that a Messiah has to come. That a Messiah will come. She knew the prophecies of Isaiah. She knew the prophecies that were written. And she was, she was well conversant with it. So when the angel came and delivered this message, she knew it was not a false message. She knew it was not an angel of darkness. She knew it was an angel of light. Because she knew God's word. And it's imperative for us to understand the messages that we receive through prophecies, through uh, words of knowledge that come from people, through, uh, through, uh, through teachings, through preachings, through the ways of this world. Is it coming from the source of God's most holy throne or is it coming from the pits of hell? And that only way where you can discern that, measure that, is when you are conversant with God's word. The prophet Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, the prophet says that people are destroyed due to lack of knowledge. That means they lack knowledge, they are destroyed. So friends, if you do not know the truth, you will believe the lie. If you do not know the light, you walking in the darkness, you will believe is the light. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that in these last days, people will turn things around on his head. They will say, for what is good, they will say that is bad. And for what is bad and evil, they will say that is good. And that's what's happening in this world today. People are saying, all the things that's, for example, homosexuality, right? They're saying that, you know, that is okay. That is perfect. Science says this. Uh, biology says this. Uh, sociology says this. Psychiatry says this. It's good. It's okay. There's no problem. So the whole world is being deceived because they lack God's word. And not only that, if you continue reading Hosea chapter 4 verse 6, it says, people are destroyed because they reject the knowledge. Because they have rejected knowledge. So what that simply means, people are aware of God's word, but still deliberately and disobediently they pursue the fruits of darkness. They pursue the works of darkness. And they start compensating and saying that darkness is light, bad is good. But people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And because you have rejected knowledge, I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. So it's very important for us to understand that God's word should be followed not 10%, not 50%, not 75%, 100%. The jars at the feast of wedding, at the wedding of Cana of Galilee was filled to the brim. And because it was filled to the brim, the wine they received was also filled to the brim. If the jars were filled to just 50%, how much wine would they have received? 75%, how much would they have received? So when we sing that song, I surrender all, I surrender all, sometimes we lie. Because we don't surrender all. And we should change the lyrics to read, I surrender 50%. I surrender 75%. Konjo inge, konjo ange, abdi. We should change the lyrics around. Because, see guys, 
it's important for us even as you know that this is how we overcome the songs we sing to put those songs to put those words into action and that's what the stewards at the feast of Cana of Galilee did Mary said do as he tells you to do follow his instruction follow his command they were obedient and they never asked questions maybe they were muttering under their breath like most of you all do oh i wanted this was a biryani but someone bought mangalorean food i thought chinese was coming on the menu but see someone's giving hi-fi there it's no problem you know <laughs> i thought this was coming it was coming no they could be murmurings under the breath but they did it they were obedient so follow the command to follow in obedience is critical for our success is extremely important so we find here that when angel gabriel came on the scene even though mother mary was you know like wondering what's happening how could this be etc it was important to understand that she submitted herself to god's will she surrendered as the stewards did to god's will mary could command the stewards to be obedient simply because she was obedient If she was not obedient and she was disobedient she could not have expected obedience from the steward and saying do as he tells you to do because when the angel told her that this is what's going to happen unto you even though she was bewildered overwhelmed etc she says let it be done unto me according to your word or let it be done unto me according to your will and i think that last underlying statement should always end our prayers lord ultimately let your will be done not my will but your will be done and that that's 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 the essence of closing your prayer before you even say the amen lord i pray for shalini i pray for malini whatever it is but lord that's my desire that's what i want but lord let it be done unto me according to your will that's a prayer that pleases god and we see that even after the, the purpose that was bestowed upon mary is also the purpose that is bestowed upon us so there's a purpose that has been assigned to our life and the bible says that everything works out for the good for those who have been called according to whose purpose god's purpose not your purpose or my purpose and many times we are tripping we are following we are meeting with accidents things are not working out in life we are being frustrated we are being slowed down we been you know like basically uh, messing things up because we are pursuing our shalini we are pursuing our malini we are, we are pursuing our own uh, agenda but when our agenda shifts to god's agenda to god's purpose that's when things explode in your life that's when your water turns into wine and that's when there's an extravagant explosion of blessings in your life there's a there's an extravagant harvest of blessings in your life so it's important to understand what is god's purpose what is god's plan in your life and if you want to experience what is god's purpose what is god's plan in your life open god's word pour over it you don't have to go to prophets you don't have to go to people and say can you tell me brother can you tell me sister what is god's purpose what is god's plan no no don't misunderstand me there are people that god has put out there that can enable you with direction there are mentors that can enable you with direction there are people out there priests and prophets and uh, apostles etc that can give you direction that can help you but remember it's essential that you hear from god's word because if god can speak through people other people why can't he speak through you right so god wants to talk to you god has a desire to come union with you and it's important for us to understand 
what exactly his plan and purpose for us is. So I want to borrow upon you today a power-packed portion of scripture. And this has just basically rocked my world in the last couple of months. And this scripture is the only scripture which God has ordained for people to pray. Nowhere else in the Bible you will find a prayer which God himself has scripted. Many people will say, the Our Father is that prayer because the Lord himself taught us how to pray, right? But the Our Father is a template. The Our Father is basically a guideline of prayer. It starts with Our Father in heaven. So Jesus says, pray like this. And he says, he starts off with, you know, basically understanding your identity in God. He says, you have a father in heaven. You are his child. So when you begin praying, know that you have a generous father. You got a good, good father. You got a compassionate and merciful father. A father whose ear is ever attentive to your need and to your cry. So Jesus goes on to say, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Switches to praise from relationship to praise. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. The promise thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. So that is, Jesus says, you use this style as a prayer. You use this template as your prayer. You use this format as your prayer. But I want to take you back to the Old Testament. Moses. Moses' time. But there's so much happening out there in Moses' life. Now Moses, as many of you know, he was born in a very tumultuous time. Trials and tribulations. As a matter of fact, the Hebrews were multiplying. Anything like this. They were multiplying and multiplying. So Pharaoh got afraid. That, and his, uh, his members of parliament got afraid. And they said, if we don't curtail the production of these uh, Hebrews, you know what's going to happen? They're going to overtake us and eventually overpower us. So Pharaoh issued an edict which says that all the sons of the Hebrews should be put to death, the babies should be put to death, but the girls can live. And Moses was in that number. Moses was numbered for death. Do you know that Jesus was also numbered for death? Right? We know that Herod in his madness and in his insecurity, he had assigned and designated hundreds of babies to their death. Thinking that by killing those babies, he'll also kill off the Messiah. The devil also thinks that by trying to kill off your enthusiasm, Kill off your hope, kill off your spirit, your destiny and your purpose will die with you. But that's why we go into God's word, word which is our fuel pump, which is our petrol pump, to get refueled, to get recharged, to be re-energized with that hope, with that confidence, overruling the thoughts that you know uh, the devil has planted in your mind, kicking those thoughts out, uprooting those weeds that he is you know, planting in your lives, believing firmly that your destiny or your purpose will come to pass. And that's what happened with Moses. Moses was destined for death. But he had a beautiful little sister called Miriam. We got a beautiful little girl here, Miriam. And you know, uh, Miriam is the Hebrew for Mary, which is the Latin, Latin Greek version, right? Miriam is an Egyptian name. She's an Egyptian princess. <laughs> She's beautiful. I love her. Miriam. 
So she's basically the, the name Miriam is basically an Egyptian name. You know, Moses is an Egyptian name. Miriam as the definition of the Egyptian meaning of Miriam was meaning of your name, child. You know, park then Strong, rebellion, rebellion. Miriam's meaning, Egyptian meaning, rebellion. Now why rebellion? Mary comes from the same stream. Okay, why rebellion? Because they were Hebrew slaves, and they were in rebellion against their masters, the Egyptians. So in a way, when I said Miriam, uh, Moonji conjured that she came of small, a face came of small. Then I said, you know, rebellion. Because who wants to be rebellious? But you are in rebellion against the powers of darkness. Amen. Amen. You are a warrior to slay the powers and the forces of darkness. That's the assignment. That's the purpose. Jesus says, again, John chapter 15, so beautifully says, uh, when we are part of this world, there's a threat that we will also become like this world. Right? And he tells us, do not be of this world, but be in me. Be in me. When you are in me, you are in my Father. Because my Father and I are one. So be in me. So what that means is, be in my word. Because word is Miriam's double-edged sword to slay the powers of darkness. Without that, Miriam is ineffective. She cannot slice through the works of, of the darkness. She will be sliced. And that's what's happening in this world. That's what was happening in the times of the Hebrews. So Moses' beautiful sister, Miriam, elder sister, put her in a little basket, pushed her down the river, and we find Pharaoh's daughter, picks her up, and so amazingly fell in love with the little baby, but was wondering how is she going to now mother this baby, and then Miriam lands up on the scene. Miriams are very clever pay girls, very smart girls. And she says, you know what, princess, I could look after that baby for you. And not only could I look after the baby for you, princess, but I also know a mother who can help nurse that baby. And the princess was amazed. The favor of God just orchestrated this whole situation. The princess was amazed. And Miriam, you will go through many princesses in your life, many princes in your life, and they will be amazed at what you carry. They will be amazed at what, uh, at the type of Moses that you bring into their life, the type of deliverance, the type of healing that you bring into their life. So don't be discouraged, don't be dismayed. Your time is coming. Amen. Hallelujah. So this little baby Moses came into the palace, and Miriam and Miriam's mother also came into the palace. And not only that, the family was paid for looking after their own little baby. And they were brought up in royalty. Forty years, Moses lived in the palace, eating the choicest and richest of foods and drinks, eating of the best of knowledge of terms of education, technology and expertise, rubbing, uh, rubbing shoulders with the princes and the princesses, the diplomats and the bureaucrats of the greatest kingdom in this world. We live just 30 miles from Washington, D.C., just 30 miles down the road, uh, just about because of traffic and hours drive. And so it was like, you know, when I walk, walk that side, I, I have my offices in Washington, D.C. So sometimes I go there. I, I'm, I'm traveling through Virginia or I'm traveling through uh, Arlington, resident, the places where I work. 
and I see the Washington monuments, I see the Capitol building, and it gives me a, a sense of power just looking at that because we know the power that America has, the world's youngest superpower. You know, the type of power it gives me is not the type of power that says that wow, it's the world's largest. It's a, I mean, not the world's largest uh, economy, but it is one of the world's you know thriving, prosperous. Uh, 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 pro prosperous economies. It's one of the world's uh, strongest superpowers in terms of military might. Not that type of pride. But it gives me the pride that God can take a nation that is just some 200, 250 years old and turn it into a superpower. Because the founding fathers founded the nation on God's word. The founding fathers of the nation founded the constitution, etc. on God's word. They were praying people there were people who believed in the Lord God Almighty. And when I look at that, I just say, God, awesome things have you done. Awesome things you are doing. I mean, you can just bring a young nation. India has been, for example, hundreds and thousands and thousands of years old. But this is a nation that's just hardly 200, 250 years young. A very young nation, but it's a nation that is one in, in terms of military power, strength, etc. The strongest in the world today. And it has a lot of authority. It dictates economies. It dictates movements around the world. And when I'm driving through those, the, through, the, through those places, I'm just in awe at what God can do. So friends, Moses was in this place. He was in the greatest economy of his time. He was in the greatest military power of his time. And Moses was enjoying his life. One day Moses was actually uh, going out for a walk and he saw an Egyptian and a Hebrew brother of his fighting. And long story short, he kills the Egyptian and he has to flee because of that. So after 40 years of living in luxury, in living in glory, in living in importance and authority and power, Moses has to run away. He runs away and he goes into the wilderness. He goes into the desert. And here in the desert, he's at a loss. He has no house. He has no horse. He has no weapons. He has no food. He has nothing. But for 40 years, he marries and he's now attending to his father-in-law Jethro's sheep. In the Old Testament, the first high priest, because you need to just store this in your memory because it's going to play an important part in the teaching I'm going to share with you. The first high priest in the Old Testament is Mel Melchizedek. Okay, because he was a high priest who ministered to Abraham. And the second high priest in the Old Testament is Jethro, the father-in-law of Moses. And so we find here that for 40 years he was in the wilderness. He was living out of campsites, campfires, looking after the father-in-law's sheep, cattle, cows, camels, whatever it is. But it was in the wilderness that he encountered God. Not in the palace. He encountered God in the wilderness. He encountered God in the desert. You may be going through a desert experience in your own life. You may be going through a wilderness experience in your own life. But that is the greatest opportunity. It is a setup, not a letdown. It's a setup for you to encounter God in a powerful, majestic, and glorious way. Hang in there. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Because God is preparing that encounter for you. That encounter could be right now. It could be today. Pay attention to his word. Because he has a plan. He has a purpose. Remove all the kind of clouds that's clouding your faith. Remove all the weeds that's choking your faith. 
remove all the distractions that's pushing itself in and trying to you know encumber itself upon you and let God's God arise and let your enemies be scattered. Your enemies of distraction, your enemies of trials, tribulations, anxieties, worries and focus on this word. Let it scatter in the mighty name of Jesus. Let God arise, let your enemies scatter. Hallelujah. And so we find 40 years he's out here. And then God now puts him as a deliverer to deliver God's people from the dictator, the dictator Pharaoh. So Pharaoh is this dictator and Moses now walks in and long story short, Moses is on the verge of delivering his people. The next 40 years of his life, he is the deliverer. So the first 40, Moses was in the palace. The second 40, he was in the wilderness. And the third 40, he was in leading his people into the promised land. He was the leader. And it was here that God encountered Moses and gave him this very powerful prayer. A very powerful prayer, which I want each of you to memorize before you leave today. It's very simple. Miriam will also sing this in Hebrew. You, if you want to memorize it in Hebrew, go to Miriam's house. She makes very good masala dosas. Uh, you can enjoy breakfast with her. Uh, you know, idli bada samba also she will serve you. And she's a Hebrew expert. And I want her to also uh, speak to you about uh, the Hebrew song, the Shema, as well as the, uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 the priestly blessing that I'm now going to talk to you about. Because when you, when, when you pray God's word, there's an essence that also arises like an incense when it is from God's language, which is the Hebrew language. So, uh, Hebrew is, uh, is, is, this, is the original language in which the Old Testament was written, right? And so, this prayer is very powerful in the, the Hebrew version. And Miriam will help you to sing it. Miriam is also a Hebrew student, so you want to learn some uh, ticks and tricks and trips on uh, Hebrew, please uh, go and meet her. Now, coming back to this, where is this prayer found? This prayer was given to Moses and it's found in Numbers. The book of Numbers, chapter 6. Okay, so very simple math. 6-4s are? 6-4s what are you saying? 74? 64. 24. Perfect. Okay, 6 4s are 24. So it actually starts, remember the math, 6 4s are 24. So numbers, 6, 24. You got that? Repeat after me. Where is this found? 6, 24. Perfect. But we back up two verses. Okay? Numbers, 6, 22. Now, who is speaking this? In the, in, in, in the uh, Old Testament, many times you'll see the Lord is always mentioned in caps, capital letters. Because, you know, the Hebrews, etc. had this great reverence for God. Even now, Jews, when they write God, they will put G dash D. Right? G dash D. You know, they will skip. You don't know? Oh, I'm saying something wrong. Ah, they'll skip the O because the name is of great reverence. The name is powerful. The name is mighty. The name has to, should not be just slandered. And that's why God says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not take the name in vain. So the Jews will never take God's name in vain. They, even when they write it, they will write it, whether it's uh, Jehovah, Jehovah, whatever it is, they will write it in a way that, that no one can mistakenly uh, pronounce it or take it in vain. They hold it in great reverence. Friends, hold the name of God in great reverence. 
Don't use it lightly. Don't just say, oh God this and oh God that. No, his name is powerful, his name is mighty. And his name is the name above all names. At his name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. At his name. At his name, every disease has to bow. At his name, every sickness has to bow. At his name, every trial and tribulation and problem has to bow. At his name. That's a powerful name. And the Hebrew names of the, the, the Jewish names of, uh, of God is, uh, there are many. For example, El Shaddai, the favorite, means God Almighty. God who is more than enough. God who is magnificent. God who is almighty. God who is uh, an abundant God. El Shaddai, powerful, mighty. Jehovah, Shalom, God who gives us peace. Jehovah, Jehera, God who is my provider. Jehovah, Nisi, Jehovah, Rofa, the God who brings healing. So these are all the characteristics of God that is surrounding the name. So who is pronouncing the blessing? The Lord. If I give you a blessing as a human being, okay, if I give you a blessing, I say, um, I pray a blessing about you, uh, upon you, upon your life, etc. I have limitations in me blessing as a human being. I have a limited capacity. But God has an endless capacity. He's infinite. There is no beginning, no end. He's eternal. He's forever. So God is the source. He's a bottomless well. And from that well keeps flowing and flowing and flowing streams and streams and streams of living water. So, when God is ushering this blessing, the first point that you need to get into your heart is, with God there is no limit, there is no, no, no capping, there is no umbrella. Some people say, sky is the limit. I, I, I deleted that from my vocabulary now. There is no limit for me. The sky is not the limit for me. The whole galaxy is his, the whole universe is his. Everything is his. There's no limits for him, there's no limits for me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things according to his will, according to his purpose, for his name, for his glory. Amen? Amen. So, understand that God is speaking to you. He is giving you this promise. He is pouring out this, this opportunity upon you. He spoke to Moses. Now, you've you got to understand the relationship between Moses and God. As a matter of fact, Moses and God had a great relationship. They used to speak to each other, as God says, face to face. Let me see if I can find that scripture for you. I love this. They speak to God face to face. And we find so amazing that um, whenever... Where is that? Yeah. Yeah, so let's go to Numbers chapter 12. Okay, and this is because of a small little family problem. A family issue was taking place. God has put this, I wasn't planning to teach on this. This is an amazing teaching. I will do it on video and maybe send it to you all. But I know why God has brought me to this. I wasn't actually coming to this. But since he's brought me to this, I will speak about this. Very important. Listen, okay. While they were at Hezeroth, Miriam and Aaron, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses. Criticism. Be careful who you criticize. I see today on social media people loosely criticizing the church, criticizing priests, criticizing pastors, 
criticizing styles of worship oh they worship like this and we are better worshipers we we are more righteous than them and they are less righteous than us not in the same words but there's a lot of slander going on we as christians are ripping each other to pieces without realizing the battle is not between catholics protestants and other denominations the battle is between us and the powers of darkness and people are criticizing oh benny hinn is like this and the catholic church is like that and the protestant church is like that and this denomination is like this and this speaker is like that that pastor is like that people do not criticize god is your judge god is the great judge do not criticize and we'll find out what happens and where your blessings are blocked and i believe god is giving me i wasn't intending to come here but god is revealing this to you because unless you un 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 unclog unclog the pipe the 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 water cannot flow you need to unclog the pipe and some of you have clogged this pipe up okay it's time to unclog it if you want to receive the blessings from number 6 so they criticized moses because he married a cushite woman can you say that with me because he married a cushite woman now here this woman was in all probability an ethiopian a black and the land where i come from america there's always this clash between the blacks and the whites and we are in between because we are the browns and then there's the yellows and the asians it's all on big tamasha about you know even in the churches so many churches that colleen and me and as a family have gone to it will be predominantly only black or to be predominantly only white because people don't want to get out of the culture even though they are in the world they don't understand that we are all sons and daughters because of the power of the blood of Jesus Christ the blood of Jesus Christ has shattered all these cultural issues of high caste and low caste and i'm a tamilian and i'm a malayali and i'm an anglo indian and i'm a parsi and i know those kind of things yes i know because of nationality etc we have to uh, maintain our maybe national national identity for example i'm an indian passport holder right so you may be an american passport holder an australian passport holder those things are fine but when it comes to looking at each other we look at each other through the eyes of god sons and daughters of the most high god as believers we are brothers and sisters that's why we call each other brother and sister right but that's become a big hypocrisy because even with that they say i'm a malayali and you know you're english speaking and you're canada speaking so much a problem even with the the language issue in the church today right we are all witnesses to that thank god you know to 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 a large extent because of the bccrs because of the power of prayer in the archdiocese of bangalore all those demons have been suppressed the major the demons that are demonizing languages and demonizing worship so they criticized moses because he married someone out of his culture and god was not happy because the person that god has ordained for moses is a person that is being arranged by god so how dare we disagree with that arrangement how dare we disagree with god's arrangement that you know yes even though you might speak a different language you might come from a different state you might come from ethiopia you might come from china you might come from japan how dare we differentiate god has decided that martin rubera will be born and brought up in india in bangalore right i can't criticize myself or my parents mom and dad mom is here why did you 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 give birth to me in bangalore 
If I say that to my mom, she'll slap me. You know? But you know, don't ask questions, she'll say. But the, the, the fact of the matter is that we sometimes are unhappy with who we are. And what does Jesus say about the two commandments he, He's blessed us with? You shall love. You shall love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind. You shall love your neighbor as, as. But we are critical about ourselves because we feel that, no, oh, I was born in this type of a culture, this type of a language. I wish I was born an American. I wish I had blonde hair and blue eyes. There are people who think like that. There are people who, you know, wish that, you know, they were, they were born in China. Or people who wish that they were born in, uh, in, in Denmark or Sweden or whatever. They are unhappy with what God has begun in their life. They are critical of themselves. They are criticizing themselves. Today I want you to erase the criticism of yourself. Criticism of where your offspring began. Where your source began. Erase it. Get that out of the way because that is the first step to your blessing. Love yourself. Appreciate yourself. Be thankful for yourself. You're wonderful. You're unique. You're beautiful. You're handsome. Miriam sang that song, right? I am beautiful. Yes. Believe it. Because the one who made you does not make mistakes. He made you perfect. You are a masterpiece. You're a work of perfection. He loves you as you are. How dare you criticize yourself and de-love yourself? He loves each and every one gathered here, irrespective of our ethnicity, irrespective of our culture, irrespective of the language we speak. He loves us. His son shed his blood for us. And we do a disfavor to the work of the cross when we go into our silos and when we go into our cliques and you know, our little groups and our little niches and say, I am Manglorian and you are Banglorian. No, we are all sons and daughters of the Most High God. So first is, appreciate yourself. Love yourself. Okay? The second is, is appreciate culture. We're all a mix. We're all a mix. You know, some like Pani Puri, some like Bel Puri, some like Biryani, some like, you know, Masada, some like Nadine likes only pasta. It's, it's different. You all have different tastes. But that doesn't mean that one man's food is another man's poison. I mean, we appreciate that. We respect it. I might not. I don't like pasta. I, I dislike pasta, but because my daughter loves pasta, I, I, I'm fine with it. She, she can eat it for all she wants, but I, I mean, I, I, won't, I won't condemn her for it. I won't criticize her for her taste because she's unique. She has her own style of dressing. She has her own style of behavior. And as long as it aligns with God's word, I will support her. Amen. So we find here that uh, they complained, they, they, they criticized Moses because he married a Kushite woman. See how God reacts okay I'll just read they said has the Lord spoken only through Moses okay I'm skipping all that but see how God reacts see verses 4 immediately immediately the Lord says hey three of you all come on out let's talk enough of this nonsense I want to have a chat with you and man when God wants to have a chat with you you better be careful you better watch out don't wait for that moment, you know, when he's in this type of a mood. Come on out, he says. Meji the Lord called out Moses, Adrian, and Miriam. Go out to the tabernacle. All three of you, he gives them the marching orders. And all three are marching in line. Wow, I could imagine what was going on in their mind, what was going on in their heart. Even then, could not Aaron and Miriam repent and say, Moses, 
you know when we were growing up my sister if we get a pincher or she starts crying she scream loudly and she'll cry to attract the attention of mom and dad and they'll come and give us sound thrashing because you know we are worrying our sister so we will you know pull her aside before she starts crying shove her shove her mouth with sweet with candy keep quiet don't let mom here take her outside one brother go ah, mom everything's okay everything is fine the other two brothers will be pulling her out you know so that we will not get into trouble because of her so couldn't miriam and couldn't aaron do the same with moses and say hey, moses come here come here god's calling you you're god's favored we better sort this out before we go to the boss Come on dear you don't get it no they all get the marching marching orders they are marching and then the lord verses 5 descended in the pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance Aaron and Miriam he called and they stepped forward and the lord said to them now listen to what i say and he goes on to say he goes on to talk about this is how i appreciate moses and remember when your accuser goes before god trying to accuse you before god this is what god says i speak to my children blossom blanca william i speak to them face to face the blood of my son was shed for them they have been redeemed through the blood of my son don't you dare speak ill about them they are precious in my sight they are the apple of my eye Don't you mess around with my William. Don't you mess around with my Lily and my Billy. They are mine. They are special. That is the great work of the cross. The blood that was shed for us, the cross that stands victorious. We can go boldly before God. Moses could speak to God face to face. Today we can because of the cross. because of the blood the curtain in the temple was ripped into giving us access 24 by 7 to the lord god almighty come on can you give him a clap of praise the curse is broken but if you want to appreciate the blessing of the cross the blessing of the blood in your life don't criticize the others who are also blessed because of the cross and because of the blood you get that so god's telling aaron god's telling miriam he says i speak to him face to face clearly and not in riddles he sees the lord as he is so why were you not afraid to criticize my servant moses be afraid be afraid when you criticize others Be afraid when you gossip, you know, one of the deadliest sins God hates detests gossip. He hates, he abhors. Isaiah 40 says he abhors, you know, those who sow seeds of discord. Disunity. But someone already says how good it is, how pleasing it is for brothers to live in peace and unity, for sisters to live in peace and unity. Get that vocabulary pushed into the garbage friends. You are sons and daughters of the most high God sons and daughters of the most high God and this was a teaching that brother Simon taught me Simon Rodericks many, uh, many uh, several uh, years ago when we were conducting a retreat for some uh, Malayali brethren you know and we were he was Mangalorean I was Bangalorean Anglo Indian whatever you want to call he says look 
I'm not a Mangalorean, he's not an Anglo-Indian, you're not a Malayalese. We are all baptized, washed, purified, saved, sanctified by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is our common denominator. It's the blood of Jesus that binds us together in unity with cords that can never be broken. Get that garbage out of your lives. And that was a thought-provoking process for me. But we find here, the Lord verses 9. The Lord was... Verses 9. The Lord was angry, oh? The Lord was very angry with them. And he departed. And what happens? As he departs, the cloud moved from the tabernacle. And what happens to Miriam? Miriam stood with a skin as white as snow from leprosy. If... Your prayers are being hurdled, there's no peace in your home, there's no, no joy in your life. It could be because of a spiritual leprosy. Leprosy does not signify leprosy as a disease, but it could be a skin ailment, a skin disease, a terrible disease. But there's also a spiritual leprosy that we need to be careful of, that we don't call upon ourselves by loosely using our tongue, you know, to criticize people of other nationalities, people of other skin color, people of other languages, or people of other cultures. So, now since I've got it all out of the way, Moses was a person, uh, chapter 6, verses 22, Moses was a person whom God had a great relationship with. And thanks be to the Lord Jesus Christ, you and I also have that opportunity of relationship. And as we, uh, as we read earlier in Cana of Galilee, the people at the wedding feast just chose not to acknowledge that relationship. They chose not to cement that relationship. Here was the Messiah sitting down there, but they could not see it in him. Right? So God gives you and me this opportunity through his word to recognize the fact that he speaks to us as he did with Moses. He speaks to us face to face. So it is the Lord who is talking to Moses. And it is the Lord who is promising you this blessing. And this blessing is coming from someone who is the greatest blesser. And the, the Hebrew word for this name, for, for can you go to the next verse? Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel, you shall say to them. So here, God does not ask Moses to do it, but he says, Speak to Aaron, Moses' brother. Speak to Aaron, and Aaron and his sons, for generations, they will be the ones to speak this prayer, this priestly prayer of blessing over the Hebrews. Next verse. And verse 24 says, The Lord bless you. The Hebrew word for the meaning bless, for the word bless is Barak. As in the word, as in the name of the ex-US president, Barack Obama. Barak. Barak means to bless. To bless as in adoration. Meaning that the Lord bows down before you. The Lord bows down before you and he opens an ocean of blessing. The fountain of mercy, an ocean of mercy, an ocean of graciousness. This is the simplicity of how God bows down to bless you. The Lord loves to bless you. His character is blessing. And that's why we find Jesus kneeling down to wash his disciples' feet by blessing them. Not only showing his humility, but rather reimposing and re-emphasizing the fact that God is a God of blessing. Even blessing those who he knew were going to betray him. The one who was going to betray him. Jesus went on his knees to bless. God goes on his knees to bless you. 
because he loves you because he wants to lavish upon you every possible blessing because of the work of his son Jesus Christ on the cross so barak means to bless we find this in psalm i think 34:1 at all times i shall bless him that means in adoration in love kneeling as a posture of humility and simplicity at all times i will bless him his praise will be on my lips at all times i will bless him so the word of blessing was spoken the lord bless you and keep you keep you means to protect you the lord shower extravagant blessings upon you and protect you next verse sir given the lord bless you Oh, sorry, go 24. And the Lord keep you. In my version, it's the Lord bless you and the Lord protect you. Now, why should protection come after blessing? Why should the Lord say, "I will bless you and protect you"? What does that mean? The minute you are blessed, that whole heavenly sun is loose to come and come and attack you because you are a blessed person. Well said. But little bit differently, I have seen in our ministry. so many people who come for prayer brother i do not have a job i need a job so the blessing of the job comes supernaturally okay and what happens is the next few prayer meetings a person cannot be found where are you why are you not coming for the prayer meeting because i have a job i'm too busy now i got projects i got shifts i got different timelines or deadlines i've known people to say pray for me i don't have a baby and then we pray and the lovely bouncy baby comes along and then you don't see that person then where are you very busy with the baby brother the baby is crying morning noon and night and i have to be with that baby morning noon and night i cannot come for the prayer meetings people pray and say you know i i want this and i want that and after they get the blessing they lose sight of god in america the land is blessed abundantly prospering abundantly but they are forgetting the blesser and they're chasing after the blessings Don't forget your creator and don't chase after the creation. The blesser is the source. Go for the source. The blesser don't focus on the blessing. Focus on the creator, not necessarily only on the creation. So, it's important because God does not want to lose us. See what happens with the prodigal son, right? What happened to him? He received his inheritance. and what happens it was a great blessing he had gone and invested it and did something great for his life but he goes and he squanders squanders it on wild living okay and the wild side of life drinking and parties and that's exactly what's happening in uh, in in uh, in many in many of our lives why go so far to america we tend to forget god we tend to forget his uh, his goodness so the lord protect you As William said correctly the Lord also protect you from all attacks of the enemy I remember there was a time when one of my vice presidents came home quite late at night he was very disturbed he was a very senior person in my company beautiful family very disturbed because his son who was to appear for the 10th standard ICSE examinations was just refusing to study not studying at all and because of that he was on the verge of failure one month before the examinations and he and his wife came they were in tears uh, calling and me we were ministering to them in our hall in nandanam colony and uh, uh, god gave me this verse to give them which comes from the book of hosea and hosea as we know was a prophet and god asked his prophet to marry an adulterous woman so 
So in the context of this specific scripture that I gave them, Hosea goes back to God after they get married and says, God, you know what? I love this woman. I was obedient to you. You asked me to marry a prostitute. I married her. But God, you know what? She just does not want to stop her old ways. She's still going back to her former lovers. She's still doing all the sinful acts. And God gives Hosea this promise. Beautiful promise. Friends, this is a promise for you also. God says, Hosea, I am going to build a thick hedge of thorns around her so that she will not be able to go towards her lovers. Those thorns will wall her in. Hosea, I'm going to build a wall of fire around her so that those lovers will not be able to come to her. They were very obedient. They took that same scripture. I'm a strong proponent of praying through the scriptures. I told them how to pray through the scriptures. They kept on declaring it. They changed the name of the son. Okay, I'm just going to throw up a name. This is not the actual name. It's a fictitious name, but it was like this. God, let's say the boy's name is Mark. God, Father God, I thank you for building a thick hedge of thorns around Mark. Mark cannot go towards any evil. He cannot go towards alcohol. He cannot go towards uh, drugs. He cannot go towards pornography. He cannot go towards wasted living. God, I thank you for building a wall of fire around Mark so that all those evil influences through friends and the media cannot come to him. Two days after that, I get a phone call at about three in the morning. Marty, Mark has met with an accident. What happened? He and his friends were coming back after a drinking spree. And this boy was just hardly 16, 17 years old, coming back from a drinking spree. They skidded by the Fraser Town underbridge and um, they, they had an accident. So I said, okay, what happened? It's a, it's a police case, a police station, etc. So I said, okay, fine, uh, we'll, we'll take it up tomorrow morning, let him be there, don't worry about him. The next day I go to the house and I see Mark in the bed, his leg broken. The scripture came to pass. Now listen carefully, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. When Mark's leg was broken, he was rebellious, he was disobedient. And sometimes God will allow something to happen just to bring you back to his love. And it may be a harsh method also. Maybe a harsh method also. If you continue to be disobedient and disobedient, disobedient, God will give you chance, chance, chance. God will give you opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. One day he'll pull the rope. He pulled the rope for Mark. Mark's leg was broken. But the scripture came to pass. Mark could not leave his bed to go to his former lovers. And because Mark was bedridden in the house, Mark's former lovers could not come to him. <laughs> so what other opportunity did Mark have to have in that moment of loneliness? Study. Study, study and study. He passed, I went there to his house, he was very angry, he shouted at me also. Oh, you told everyone in the world, telling, shouting at his father, he used to abuse his mother, filthy language. You told everyone in the world uh, about me and uh, this is a obstinate, like an obstinate mule he was. Anyway, I just prayed and we walked away, etc. One month, he went, he uh, performed his examinations, wrote his examinations, he passed. Today, he's a sailor, he's living in Canada and we are very good friends. He loves us. 
because he saw that everything ultimately works out for the good of those who are called according to his purpose hallelujah call according to his purpose it will work out it might hurt might be painful pruning is pruning is a painful process but unless we are pruned we cannot be bear good fruit amen but we have to go through the pruning hey wanda don't want no you have to go through that i don't want to go through that no we have to go through that pruning is a part and parcel of our christian life so when the pruning comes don't be you might shout ouch ouch is hurting is painful etc but remember god is faithful what god has brought you to he will take you through he is faithful he is a good good father it's who he is that's his character his character is goodness god you're good your love and your mercy endures forever that's the character of god friends and this is the character of god blessing you this is the character of god protecting you the the prodigal son's father the prodigal the, the prodigal son's father did not want his son to go and live with his harsh life but because the son was saying i want it i want it i want it he got it be careful what you pray for I know many people who keep on praying I want this life partner I want this life partner I want this life partner no one else will do all my love is for her she's the only one in my life I will not marry another she is the one for me and they run into this marriage and after 6 months they want to rush out of the marriage be careful what you pray for when we went to the US this is testimony that my beautiful lovely wife did not share but when we went to the US She was praying for it for 12 years. She wrote the vision. She made everyone in the house confess it to see the unseen, to believe it, to pray over it, to declare over it. She had a, a, a US dollar bill out there. She said I'm going to spend this in the US. She had a copy of the US visa petition. She had put my name there and her name there and said that this is the visa that's going to come through. Every time we used to pass through Chennai, uh, the consulate, she put her hand out and she said, "God, I thank you that one day we are going to walk into this consulate and I thank you that our visas are going to be issued in this very consulate nothing happened for 12 years we used to go to the airport and she used to see as we were checking into the airport she said god i thank you that we are coming as a whole family to fly out from here nothing happened she kept on confessing it kept on decreeing it kept on declaring it and god brought it to pass in 12 years time but we went to the us in the winter of 2015 the biggest snowstorm in a in the northeast for a very long time 32 inches of snow cold small apartment joshua growing up like a kangaroo no place in the house blanca came to that house she stayed with us she knows that very well tough all of us together you know joshua sleeping in the hall and that kind of a stuff she had to drive i won't say this because but, but uh, i skipped that part of how before she drove you know she used to make soon a pants sorry <laughs> nervousness i tell you guys we were nervous when you see the speeds of the traffic we see the speeds of things moving around there we were like we can't do it it's impossible she was a nervous wreck I'm admitting it. I was not uh, not too confident myself. All these things were just rushing at us like a freight train. And we're like, God, what did we get ourselves into? 
And to make matters worse, when Joshua started school, there was a bunch, because again, you know, the stupid racism and all that kind of a stuff, we don't only have it in the US, we have it here also, right? Racism is very big here in India. Even big in the church. And so, uh, when Joshua joined the schools, boys did not take to him, and you know, uh, they, uh, they, uh, they came to, you know, beat him up, and they came home to bang on the door and create uh, a lot of nonsense, and we were like, what did we get ourselves into? It was very overwhelming. And we were all trying to find our space, our place, new friends, new place, new church. Everything is new. So vibrant, so dynamic. Everything happening out here. Loving JCLM community. And we were there like just thrown into the wilderness like Moses was. We felt what Moses felt. It was terrible. Being away from family, being away from friends, loved ones and the things that we loved the most. We were isolated there. For over a year we felt so terrible. And there were times like, you know, the thoughts kept like, should we go back to India? We prayed for it to happen. And now we had second thoughts. Not me. Because I knew. God has brought us to it. He will take us through it. I knew that God has a plan and has a purpose. It's not us wanting to go and chase some stupid American dream. No, we were living the dream here. You all know. We are living the dream here. We didn't have to go there to chase any stupid dream. But we wanted to chase God's dream. God has a plan and has a purpose. In the years gone by, America used to send evangelists from America across nations. Evangelizing, sowing God's word through praise and worship. All the songs that we sang, all are mostly from that country. Worship leaders, artists, great resource of blessing that land is sown across to nations. And so we basically were like, you know, now we know our purpose there to bless that nation, which has been a blessing to nations. And that's what we are working on. The city that we stay next to is our neighboring city, Baltimore. The weekend before I came here, 18 murders. Just the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, 18 murders. We have been out there in Baltimore and God has given me a heart for Baltimore to pray for the youth of Baltimore. Sons and daughters like you have no fathers. Fathers are in prison. Mothers are leading a stray life. Those young boys and girls have no one to bring them up. They're all going astray. They're finding refuge in drugs, alcohol, violence. The city is one of the most, the second most after Chicago, the second most violent city in the US, maybe even in the whole world. So 700 deaths last year in the city of Baltimore alone. And so we have a mission, we have a purpose, we have a plan. So what we do is we have, we go out and we pray in the malls. We go out and we pray in the markets. We go out and we pray in the schools. Because students, Sister Rowena, this is your call. Students don't even know the name of Jesus. Colleen was right when she said so-called American country. But there's no gospel in the schools. There's no Bible in the schools. There's no prayer in the schools. All the nonsense is being passed to the schools. Believing, if you believe, if you're a guy... Just say Nelson is a guy and he's studying in the... Where's Nelson? He's studying in the school. He's a guy. Now suppose uh, the teacher sows one seed into his mind and says, Nelson, from tomorrow you're a girl. You must put lipstick, shave off your daddy, lipstick, dress like a girl, come. That's how it is. And he being a guy can also go to a lady's, a girl's restaurant. That was what the whole country was cascading to. Nonsense, utter nonsense. 
My friend who works for Target here, I won't mention her name, she knows. In their malls, they started having these bar, common bathrooms. That means anyone can go. Girls can go, boys can go, anyone. Because of this gender, you know, neutrality kind of a nonsense. Utter nonsense, utter depravity, utter wickedness. So, we can stand aside and we can keep criticizing. I spoke about criticism. We can start criticizing and pointing fingers. We said, no, we will do it. And it's just two of us. We call other members from the church, but invariably it's only two of us. And we've been doing this since January. And it's only the two of us that keep going out. We will go, but we're building up a team that will come out and pray with us. And we want you all to pray with us. Pray for Baltimore. Pray for the United States of America. Because God has used that country to bless us. How is used the country to bless us? You saw. All the songs that we are praising and worshipping Him is from that nation. Written there. Correct me if I'm wrong. The nation has been a blessing. India is a blessing. And I believe now India is now going to bless the West. Europe is gone. It's a valley of dry bones. There's no spirituality. Nothing there. There's no belief system. America is a little better. And it's a bastion. It's, I think a long, last bastion of the West. And you got to go and fiercely protect it and pray for it. So pray for Baltimore. Ask the Lord to send you to this nation. We're going to pray for you guys, Colleen and me. Those of you who have a desire to come out to the West for His glory. Not to just shake hands with Trump or whatever. We won't pray there. But if you want to come and serve the Lord, want to come and pray for that nation, start here. Get a map of Baltimore. Pray for it. Declare. As Colleen persisted 12 years. But remember, the walk for us was very difficult. Things started to change. Things was always good. But we saw changes on the horizon from Thanksgiving of last year. We've seen an upsurge in ministry. You now people want us around. They want to worship with us. They want us to lead things. We've got a good uh, friend following out there. It's building up. Just before I came and Colleen was flying, she and the kids were flying here. We had a three-day fast and pray. Sorry, two-day fast and pray. Friday, the whole night, Friday night, the whole Friday, the whole Friday night, the whole of Saturday. Some friends of us just joined together and we prayed. And so they are praying friends out there that we are unifying with. We are, I mean, there was one Chinese friend. There was uh, two Americans, a generation of Americans born and bred there, generations uh, uh, in America. There was a friend from Africa. Different nationalities, different tribes, different tongues. We came together fasting and in prayer. And we fasted and we prayed and we continue to fast and pray for that nation. Fast and pray for your nation. Fast and pray for this nation. Fast and pray for the nations. And if God is putting on your desire to come out to the West and to bless that, we will pray for you today and the doors will be open. But ensure that as the Lord blesses you, you also are in the shelter of the Most High God. Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Those who abide in the shelter of the Most High God. All the promises, that condition is when you abide in His shelter, in His protection, in His promises, all the promises of the cover of Psalm 91 enfold blanket. You are protected. You are victorious. So the Lord bless you. The Lord protect you. Next even. The Lord make His face. Make His face. Seek His face. Remember the song we sing? To seek your lovely face. Make it a priority. If you want the Lord's face to shine upon you, seek His face. To seek your lovely face. To seek your compassionate face. The Lord make His face smile upon you. What that means is, the Lord reveal more and more of His friendship. Jesus says, I have not come to call you slaves. I have come to call you 
friend. Hallelujah. Which other God you tell me? Who else has ever said that, friends? Friends of God. You are friends of God. You are friends of God. Make his face smile upon you. Shine upon you. When Moses, the face of God, when Moses encountered God on the mountain, the countenance, the glow on Moses' face as he came down from the mountain was amazing. Brightened up. When you are face to face with God at home in your personal prayer time, when you step out, Phoebe, and you go to your office, people will see the glory of the Lord upon you. Spending time with Him. People, the favor of God, I tell you, friends, the favor that we receive as a family, what Colin testified is nothing but the favor of God. His grace is sufficient, friends. No matter where you are in this world, as long as His grace and His grace will always be with you, His grace is sufficient for you. So here the the Lord saying, His face will shine upon you and He will be gracious unto you. In your college, in your school, the graciousness of the Lord will, will follow you, will chase you, will overtake you. You don't have to chase after blessings, but when you have the grace of God upon you, you, the blessings will chase you and will overtake you. Amen? Hallelujah. The next verse, 26. We find that this is the next promise, the, t- the third tire of the promise. The Lord lift up his countenance and the Lord give you peace. That means the Lord lift up his favor. And I can tell you friends, time and time again in my office, in, in, in my realm of work, it's the favor of the Lord that's promoting me. It's the favor of the Lord that's promoting Colleen. And it's the favor of the Lord that will promote you. When the Lord lifts up his countenance, lifts up his favor, you will be surprised that your enemies will become your supporters. That he will make your enemies your footstool. You don't have to fight the battle because the battle belongs to the Lord. You don't have to be worried about what your enemies are strategizing against you. You don't have to be worried about what people are gossiping against you. You don't have to be worried as to what people are setting you up for failure. You don't have to be worried at all. When I joined and I first went there, I had all white managers, all white employees and sometimes I felt like I was being set up for failure. As a matter of fact, my manager who I report to also mentioned this to me. She said, Marty, look, I can see this problem. It seems like these guys are setting you up for failure. Watch out. Now it was my manager who was covering for me. And when you've got God's cover, your manager will cover for you. And when people become your enemies, they become God's enemies too. Amen. So you don't have to go around fighting. As a matter of fact, I go around praying for them because I know that the anger of the Lord is powerful. And all the people who messed with me in my life, or in my career, they've all been utterly destroyed or they've been absolutely nowhere. No promotion. I've risen astronomically because of His grace. It's not because of my wisdoms or my skill set or my knowledge or my expertise or experience. It's because of His continence, His favor. It's because of His graciousness upon me. It's because of His love upon me. It's because of His blessing upon me. And today we want to pray for each one of you that the same favor, that the same smile of God upon us, that the same graciousness of God upon us will flow onto you. But not just flow onto you for the sake of flowing onto you, but will do even much more, bigger, greater things than what God has done for us in our life. Amen? Amen. And in our family. So friends, we want to we want to give, leave you with this peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding. Because bottom line is, when you lay your head to rest at the end of the day, the peace of the Lord should surround you. He is Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. 
And Jesus says, this is my peace. My peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives you peace or not as a type of peace that the world gives you. I give you this everlasting peace. Which means this quiet confidence. Which means this beautiful restitute. That when you're just resting in his love, resting in his graciousness. And I encourage you, as you put your head to rest at night, just Close your eyes and allow the peace of God to flow into you. Be thankful. Be gracious. If you have hurt someone, don't just say, No, Lord, he only did this, she only did that. As you know, we found that, you know, a lot of these teachings in the Bible we learn from. We don't point fingers. We don't pass the back. The buck. We just say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. God, it's my fault. I repent. Repentance is big. When you repent, the Lord's heart, I believe, is stirred up, is opened up to pour out and unleash more blessings upon you. But lack of forgiveness clogs the blessing, chokes the blessing and hinders the blessing. So friends, before you sleep at night, just thank the Lord. Ask him for forgiveness for all the people. you. This beautiful prayer we say, you know, I have sinned against my own faults, in my thoughts, in my words, in my... Ask the Lord, Lord, I have sinned in my own thoughts, in my words, in my deeds. Job, so beautifully, for his children, he used to go and offer up sacrifices every day because he feared that his children would blaspheme the Lord. And so he, on the, his children's behalf, used to go and pray. You can pray on behalf of your children. You can plead the forgiveness of sins on behalf of your children. And while you're doing that, pray for others in the community also, others in your family also. You can pray on behalf of the sins of your parents and ask God's forgiveness and graciousness and, and mercy to flow into your parents, into your adults, into the elders, into your uncles and aunties. Pray. Very powerful when you pray through God's word. And this is a prayer that I want to leave you with. And this is how it goes. And I want now Miriam to come and sing it while the choir just gets ready to lead us in a time of anointing. I, I, the prayer that goes is this. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you, protect you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord pour out his graciousness upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance and may he give you peace. Friends, pray this over your loved ones every day. Declare it because this is the only prayer in the Bible which God has scripted and which he has asked the high priests Aaron and the sons to declare over their family. And 1 Peter 2.9 says that we are all a royal priesthood. We're not just high priests, we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are set apart to do the good works with which He has called us to. Amen. So you can declare it over your boss, declare it over your company. Do not criticize the company that you work for. That is your bread and butter. You're earning your bread and butter there. Don't criticize your boss, don't criticize your manager. You have not chosen your boss, you have not chosen your manager, right? How many of us have chosen our boss and manager? Right? God has placed us there. And if God has put that person above us, we are called to respect that authority. Today we have an awesome uh, awesome prayer group leader in Dr. Lena. We want to pray specifically Dr. Lena and, uh, and Brother Suresh specifically tonight. Because we know that they carry the weight of all your prayer intentions on their shoulder. And in turn they go and they plead it before the Lord and place it before the, the cross. All your intentions and all your petitions and all your needs. And if Dr. Lena and Brother Suresh are the leaders and the other elders in the community, we got to respect their authority. Even before this meeting could start, I first reached out 
out to Dr. Dean and said, Doctor, this is what I would like to have. And she overwhelmingly said, go ahead and just do it. That's it. So friends, you, this God has placed people in authority over us. Don't criticize them. Don't, don't, don't condemn them. Don't gossip about them. Do not sow seeds of discord in your company, with your boss, in your prayer group, with your leaders, with your elders. But work in unity. Then you will see the spring, this wellness, the wellness spring flowing and flowing and flowing into your heart, into your home, into everything you do. And you will prosper in every area. Because with the life of Joseph, that's what exactly happened. The life of Joseph in the book of Genesis. He was condemned for a hopeless life by his own brothers. By his own family, left to die, picked up by slave traders, placed as a slave in the house of Potiphar, accused falsely, going through hell in his life. But he had a dream, he had a purpose. Simeon gave Mother Mary that, that prophecy, a sword shall pierce your heart. Just imagine she's going for the dedication of a beautiful baby. And there the prophecy comes that, you know, Mary, he turns, Simeon, read that passage, it's so beautiful. He turns to Mary and speaks to her and says, a sword shall pierce your heart. He shall be responsible for the rising and for the downfall of many in Israel. But Mary, a sword shall pierce your heart. Mary did not take offense and say, why God, you raised me up by, you know, making me the blessed mother of the Lord. But Lord, next moment, here I am, you know, being condemned to death. And I believe the happiest day in Mary's life, after she went through the grueling, suffering, pain, executing, suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ in the Passion, the greatest day in her life was on Easter Sunday evening, when the Lord appeared to her again, appeared to all in the room. And she must have been there herself. She must have heard it if she was not there. The Bible doesn't reference anything clearly. But she got the word that her son has risen from the dead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that would have brought us so much of joy, so much of delight. She would have been jumping up and down and saying, as she sprayed in the Magnificat, that is the first Christmas carol, the Magnificat. The first Christmas carol. And as you all are preparing for your December outreaches, remember, the first Christmas carol was a Magnificat. Because that's when she went to Elizabeth and, and she praised God. And she said, I rejoice in God, my Savior. Hallelujah. She praised God. She worshipped God out there through the Magnificat. And I believe that on Easter, Resurrection Sunday, her joy was complete. Even though she went through so much of agony, so such a hard kind of a life with Jesus being all the time being ridiculed and betrayed and suffering such a shameful death on the cross to see her own child go through that is one of the worst tortures for a parent. But Mary did it and she received the fruit. No offense. Don't take offense, friends, whenever you're confronted with, with people who challenge you and oppose you, but rather surrender them to the Lord. Because remember, the prayer says, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance and the Lord grant you peace. Amen? Come on, shall we all stand up? Miriam, come on. singing this Aaronic uh, blessing in Hebrew. Um, the roots of Hebrew is entirely different when it comes to English. So when the words are actually translated to English, there are certain things, certain meanings that are missed out. 
so if you see it says the lord bless you and keep you so in this verse god was seen to moses as yahweh where god actually breathed into moses and he told him to breathe over his people and sing and bless them he he told moses when when this blessing has been poured upon his people the breath of god is actually released yahweh so that's the breath of god yahweh even hallelujah yah is the breath of god so every word in hebrew has a deep root so when when aaron and his sons sang and blessed the people of israel the breath of god was released and the shalom of god shalom in hebrew is whole that there's nothing missing and nothing broken in their life that when the peace of god is upon his people there is nothing missing and nothing broken it's whole it's complete the shalom of god amen, amen. so as we pray this and as i sing this song let's just close our eyes and meditate upon every word the lord spoke to us today and during this time let's ponder upon this prayer the lord bless you and keep you may the lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you and give you peace let's ponder upon this let's not get distracted but close our eyes and fix our focus on jesus Sha